Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? So what? Welcome along to our Friday morning episode. We've got predictions coming up for the weekend's football. Mm. We've got a, uh, an astounding development in the world of Britain's best widow. We've got some news without news. Uh, we've got some chat about our uh, week, week, midweek retreat to our new mm. nerve centre somewhere in the centre of England, which we're not going to provide the location of because yeah. we don't want to be disturbed next time we go there. Um, I'm going to start, Sam, with the Britain's Best Widow thing. We've been yeah, talking about Sheila Hancock. We've yep. been talking about um, Bruce Forsyth's late wife. The late Bruce Forsyth's wife. She's mm. not late. She's very much a widow. And I've forgotten her name as well. Um, and also, who else did we mention? It was, it was the, the, the big three, wasn't there? It was the third one. <laughs> The third someone I don't know if if Esther Ranson was mentioned. Uh, oh, um, Debbie, Debbie McGee. McGee, Debbie McGee, right? Well, James Bennett and Trevor Taylor have both been in touch and thrown up one other name. Yeah, Sarah Green. Ah, uh, yeah, I did see Game one over. of these tweets and it made me feel foolish. Game made over. me feel utterly foolish, mate, for yeah. missing this. We've we've spent over a week tip tapping around various other widows. When Sarah Green was there in plain sight the whole time, the whole time, but and that she she has sort of withdrawn from public life somewhat since Mike Smith died, hasn't no, she? No, she, I've seen her. She's been active. I've seen her on telly recently a couple of times. She's been active, really. She's been active. She was on that um, that thing. Oh, I've forgotten what it's called. House of Games, is it? The Richard Osman, right? BBC Two weeknight right. quiz thing she's it. been on that she was on that five nights <gasps> well I'm glad yeah. that she's keeping herself busy then might be on the iPlayer or the YouTube but so if she is active from your point of view because I know what this is building up to I'm thinking <laughs> in some ways although I'm happy for her in other ways I'm sad for you because we both know that it would be better if she was feeling lonely and vulnerable yeah it would be. I, I, I don't think she's approachable at all. And needed help with her rig. Yeah, no, I think she, she seems to be... Um, I don't know, i say she's got over the death of Mike Smith, because that's just something no, you can ever get will. over. No, she never will. He'll always be in that. But oh, of course. I, I think she's learnt to compartmentalise it. And um, obviously there'll be she'll have really bad days, but I think the good days outweigh the bad days. And she's Eventually, living the real life. Eventually, I'm sure they do, yeah. She's living the yeah, life of what I believe is called the Murray Widow. <laughs> <laughs> That's her Twitter so, handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
at the Merry Widow. <laughs> Merry Widow. <laughs> Listen, I've got a couple of stories about Mike Smith and Sarah Green. Do you want to quickly hear them? Well, why not? We're not going to get anywhere near Sarah Green, so you might as well get the stories out. Well, one's just pretty straightforward and boring, really, but I'll, it's worked. to me it's a special memory, is that me and my wife went to the hotel in Mallorca where I proposed to her, and we went yep. back on an anniversary, I think. Um, and it's a very romantic place up in the hills in Mallorca, and it was quite quiet because it was in... Uh, I proposed to her, I think, in, like, November. So when you go there then, it's quite low-key and autumnal and nice. You know, it's a lot of crackling fires mm. and stuff. So we were mm, in the bar. We were in the bar on our first night. It's, like, very dimly lit Spanish place, you know, like, candlelight. And we're having a little uh, drink after our dinner, looking into the fire, Andy. What do you see? What do you see in our future? All those kind of conversations. Well, those would be the conversations I'd try to start with my missus, and she would just ignore me or tell me to fuck off so it was one of those is, sorts of scenes is this the occasion when you proposed no, or the time this you went is back? a couple right, of years okay. later when we went right. back for a little anniversary visit on the day of the proposal and um another couple you know where this is going we hear another couple in the room it's quite dimly mm. lit so you can't see them at first and we're sort of put out at first because you think fuck off this is our corner do you know what <laughs> i mean you could you could be anywhere yeah. in this hotel Right in, own the, fucking corner. in the lounge area, but you, you've chosen to sit in our bit, which was the best bit, but it was annoying. Yeah. But we couldn't quite see who they were in the light. Probably thought, couple of cunts. I get up to go for a piss, give them a little look as I walk past. It's fucking Smith, Mike Smitty Smith and Sarah Green. Whoa. I came back and it, I went. I hope they weren't talking about plans for their future. No, well. Exactly. You know, obviously they're a bit older than me and my wife. I think they'd already yeah. had their future. But I, you know. They might have been talking about plans for their retirement. We wanted to get, we really badly, really badly wanted to make friends. And like, we never are the sort of, of people who want to make many friends on holiday. Um, You know, uh, but with another couple. Did you try? We exchanged smiles. Like, yeah, particularly my wife effort, and yeah. Sarah Green kind of said, I always find it's the wives who are better at it. Yeah. Because the men are a bit like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. do you know what I mean? Almost yeah, like you'd start butting like you see gorillas do on Attenborough. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Cavemen. Get yeah. away. But the wives usually have like quite a good way of kind of saying hello and just sort of giving each other a look as if to say, it's all right, I'm on your side. Yeah. Just the right amount of small talk. If your husband turns abusive when he gets drunk, I'll be there to protect you. That kind of thing. Yeah, of course. But the other one, which I think I might have told on the podcast ages ago, was years ago I had the privilege uh, on a magazine I was working for called Later to write a quite big retrospective on classic 1980s Top of the Pops, which I spent mm. a long time researching and writing and involved me basically interviewing all of the people behind the scenes but also all the on-screen like talent the the, the yep. radio one djs who presented it and a lot of the bands i really enjoyed it and it took took me months to like piece it all together it's a piece i'm proud of and i wrote in about like 1999 or something and uh the and the one of the hardest guys well basically i interviewed mike smith on the phone and Mike Smith told me that, you know, he was painting a picture. By this stage, 1999, Mike Smith was very much past his absolute peak of his career, but he was still doing all right. That he was I think harking he had, back. He had like me, media, 
media business interests by then, didn't he? And yeah, he, he I did. I think he was doing stuff with the helicopter and all that. He was, yeah, he yeah, retreated. but he was like... He a, retreated from public life, but he was yeah. in the in the shadows. He was like a mini knoll in that sense, wasn't he? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, so he was telling me, but he painted this really vivid and exhilarating picture of what life was like for him in the mid-80s, where mm. it was just like hanging out with Duran Duran, offers mm. of work coming over the phone over all the that phone. sort of stuff right yeah. he was living the Carson rhinestone cowboy lifestyle right yeah and uh, it was great and he said and then it was all going great and suddenly i was you know i was with sarah green and you know it was more or less like i tell you what sam life don't get much better than that right yeah and yeah. i'm like fuck me no and and he uh he i said, sat back and had a big fucking cigar because i fucking <laughs> cracked it <laughs> and uh Drink it in, because it's never going to get better, yeah. Smitty. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> and to be honest, Sam, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said he'd done an episode of Top of the Pops with uh, Simon Bates, because they got teamed up <laughs> randomly. But no one yeah. ever wanted to be with Bates, because he was the least <laughs> popular person. In on top of the pops, and he <laughs> and he got teamed up with Simon Bates. So afterwards, they'd all go to the BBC Club, which at the oh, old television fuck. centre, it was a place that oh, I'd fuck. been to. I've got fucking Bates. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me. How's your fucking luck? <laughs> Look at this. Just when I thought, just when I thought it was all going good, <laughs> no, I've got but, fucking Bates. Fucking hell. Let's hope there's some decent bands on this week. Oh, Mike and the Mechanics. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Fucking hell, they say bad luck comes in threes. What's next? Greeny's going to dump me. I can feel it. <laughs> you can imagine you just get sent an envelope on the on the Wednesday and you open it up and it's just one piece of... It's a BBC <laughs> branded embossed compliments card and then it just yeah. has printed the name of your co-host for that week. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck Simon it Bates. out. Here we go. Cross my fingers. Let's hope it's John Peel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Fucking Pete again. <laughs> I'll take at least second best Kid Jensen. But fucking <laughs> hell. This would be bottom of the list. I'll, ta- I'll take Dave Lee Travis over this cunt. <laughs> uh, so he goes, he goes, I've done it. And then afterwards, I went for a couple of drinks in the BBC Club with the bands. He goes, which is what you do. You very often go and yeah. you have a couple of drinks, say thanks to the bands, and it's a laugh, and then you go home. And I was thinking, yeah, dreamland, mate. He goes, but the next day, I'm driving in to work, and he, I don't know what Radio 1 show he was doing. He said, yeah, maybe he was going in for his drive time show, and he heard, while he was in the car, he had Radio 1 on, and Simon Bates was doing breakfast or mid-morning. And Simon Bates went, uh, thanks for all your uh, nice uh, remarks about uh, my about Top of the Pops last night. Enjoyed it as always. Always nice to work with my uh, colleague, uh, Mike Smitty-Smith. He'll be coming up later on Drive Time, of course. Blimey, he had a big night last night. I went into the uh, uh, into the BBC, BBC club to say my goodbyes before heading off home. And uh, he, was, he was having a, a, a merry old time of it at the bar. With a with a girl, I don't know who she was, but let's Ooh. put it this way: it wasn't Sarah Green, Ooh. right? And Mike Smith, who obviously was a really lovely guy, wasn't he, Mike Smith? Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's like he exuded pleasantness, and you know, not 
I mean, I wouldn't... He's not the sort of guy you'd necessarily try and take liberties with. But at the same time, he's not an outwardly hostile, volatile man. No. Right? You'd think not. Not like your Peter Powell. No, right? yeah. He's quite squat, Peter Powell. He'd come at you like a dervish. Peter Powell is muscular, and he's got a look yeah. in his eye that says... Low he, centre of gravity. He's ready at all times for conflict. If, if he's, he's always got that big smile, but he smiles a bit too much, and you reckon if Peter yeah. Powell turned... You'd be fucked. Peter Powell's like this. Come on then, pal. Let's see what you've got. His eyes are saying that all times. You're in yeah. you're in Pow Town now. That's what he said. That's what he's saying to <laughs> yeah. you when you walk into the, his vicinity, into his realm. Yeah. You're in Pow Town. Wanna take your chances? Yeah. Population one. Yeah. Hope you've got your yeah. fucking identity card, because if not you're out on your ass. <laughs> anyway. Mike Smith said he heard this and he said he stepped on the accelerator, right? He was furious. Yeah. He fucking belted it to Radio 1, right? He got in. Simon Bates had come off air. He went into the little fucking, I don't know, cantini area they had there. Bates was mm. sat. Oh, no, the office. That was it. Bates was sat on a wheelie chair, a wheelie office chair. And as Mike Smith walked in, he said that Bates had gone... Hello, Smitty, we old mate. And Mike Smith told me, right, these are Mike Smith's words, he goes, and I said, don't make me. And I grabbed him by the throat in front of everyone and Oof. I wheeled him right across the room on the chair by the yeah. throat until he hit the wall. And then I pinned him to the wall by his throat. And I said, if you ever say things about my relationship or my personal life, on air again I will personally kill you fucking hell right and I was like fuck me yes fucking hell Mike Smithy Smith you are not a man to be trifled with listen this wasn't just anything normal this wasn't like a normal person being called out over potential cheating what was on the line here Sarah Green was on the line the most beautiful yeah. woman in England at the time, right? Yeah. The stakes, and possibly still today. The stakes couldn't have been higher, and Mike TV's Smith knew that. Couple. And what's good about the story is it shows that he's not to be trifled with, and it shows he's not a complacent man either. He wasn't going to shrug that off in a hurry. He knew what was at stake. Sarah Green. I've got something interesting to add to that, Sam. All right. Now, you know the Top of the Pops gets repeated on BBC Four every Thursday yeah. and Friday. Um... Some episodes can't be repeated for various reasons. Because of and they're nonsense. presented by yeah. Jimmy Savile. Uh, Dave Lee Gary Travis. Gary involved, Dave Lee Travis. There was that episode where Peter Sutcliffe was a guest presenter. That one never got repeated. Um, <laughs> they did things like that, novelty <laughs> things, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> They did. They were, again, a, a misstep. Um, and I am, none of I am, uh, <laughs> I am Peter Sutcliffe, God. a.k.a. the Yorkshire Ripper. And straight in at number 12 this week, it's the Thompson Twins. <laughs> <laughs> They've just flown back so, yeah. from their tour of Japan to perform live for us here tonight. <laughs> it's the Thompson Twins. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and other episodes that have never been repeated are all of the ones presented by Mike Smith. He never gave permission 
for the BBC to repeat them before his death because all of the all of the presenters were approached when BBC started reshowing these Top of the Pops um, years back yeah. and asked, "Are you okay?" You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, with us showing them again, yeah. there might have been a financial arrangement. I don't know what it was, but Mike Smith said, "No, I don't want them to be shown again. The ones with me on." No, and fuck then that. He, yeah, <laughs> and then he died. So the, the before the they estate, could get further into negotiations, the estate of Mike Smith have said no. still respects well, that decision. That must be Sarah Green. She's his estate. So I don't know. You can put two and two that together about is. what what Bates alleged and what happens or is seen in those episodes. I don't know. Well, we could be heading into um, legally choppy waters here, and I already thought that because there is a footnote to my story about Mike right. Smith, and it's this. I took the finished article, which, as I say, I was tremendously proud of back then as a young journalist, and I remain tremendously proud of still mm. to this day. And I took it to the editor... I slammed it on his desk, the printed out yep. form. I went, have a fucking read. Oi, oi, have a fucking read of that. <laughs> All right, I've only fucking cracked it. Delaney's only done it again. Right. <laughs> as you can imagine, I was very popular as a young man in this office. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, he's read it and he's gone, yeah, it's, it's really good. But listen, this Mike Smith story... You've got to, you haven't got an interview with Simon Bates. I said, Simon Bates has been impossible to nail down. I said, and it's interesting because, as you'll notice in the piece, all of the uh, every single other Radio 1 DJ I spoke to all contrived to insert s- some sort of disparaging comment about Simon Bates. He was that <laughs> unpopular. Like, even if I didn't ask them about Simon Bates, but practically all of them, you know, from Janice Long to David yeah. Kidd Jensen. Right to Tommy Vance, they all fucking had made sure that at some point they've got oh one last thing, in a bit. one last <laughs> thing before you go, young Sam. Simon Bates is an absolute cunt. TTFN, <laughs> ding. Right. So I was so I the editor said yes, I have noticed that, and there's a problem because you haven't managed to get Simon Bates. And he said, and and you have to particularly the specific accusations like the ones Mike Smith has made. You have yeah. to get get Bates's side of the story and get it verified. If not, we can't run it. And he went, and that'd be a shame because it's a good story. The one about him being pinned to the wall is a good story. So I said, yeah, it's really weird. I said, because I've got hold of him on the phone and spoken to him personally. But every time he just goes, yeah, I'm happy to do this. Try me again on this day. And then he'll go missing. And the editor said, sounds to me like he's game playing. He'll be aware. Yeah. He'll be aware. If you've said to him, I've interviewed all the others... He'll be thinking, they'll have all cunted me off. And so I will gameplay and lead this guy a merry dance for a while. And I thought, yeah. is Bates really that fucking legally astute to, to be able Fuck. to play that kind of a game? But it was driving me mad because I thought, oh, I don't want to jeopardise this piece just because this one piece of the jigsaw is missing. So I'm waking up every morning on the way into work. I'm thinking to myself, Simon Bates, Simon Bates. I've got to get Simon Bates. Fucking Simon Bates. Why is he eluding me so much? Today's got to be the day I pin down Bates. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Well, you won't believe this, but I'm on the tube, right? I'm getting off at Waterloo, which is was my stop where my offices were, yeah. right? And who should I fucking bump into getting off the same carriage as me, but no Simon way. fucking Bates, Whoa. right? And I've gone, Simon Bates, like that, because he was on my mind. I mean, when you bump into yeah. somebody, you're th- I mean, it's so weird, right? And I go, and Simon Bates, and just exclaimed it. And he looked, exactly, that's exactly what happened. He looked around, he went, that's me. He went, that's me. And I went, it's me, Sam Delaney. Now, he knew straight away that name. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, the name had been plaguing him every day for the past month, right? This cunt, <laughs> right? And he literally he faced him. Do you know what he said? He went, he, got a cut. he went, Go hello, mate. And he gave me a massive bear hug. And I remember <laughs> that he smelt peculiar and he had a big cable, and he was obese, and he had a big cable knit jumper on. And he put me in an enormous bear hug like one that was almost like a bit took my breath away and i thought that's a bit over the top he's he's trying to kill me he's gonna try and kill me i mean maybe he, he was waiting he was, for the tube train to pass he, and then he'd just throw me on the train yeah and he whispered in your ear walk away walk away now <laughs> i'm gonna squeeze the life out of you delaney i'm gonna squeeze your last breath out of you i know you're on to me Everyone everyone on this tube train will think it looks like a loving act. But no. It's a mercy killing. At worst, at worst, I'll get manslaughter. Right? At worst, this will be manslaughter. I'll be out in three years. I'm a renowned public figure. I'll be sentenced to ten. I'll be out in three on good behaviour. They would have done and it. The sto- and the story will be squashed forever, like you. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein style sweetheart, <laughs> sweetheart deal, where he's a chauffeur driven car arrives at jail every morning at seven o'clock, picks Bates up, takes him to his luxury West End offices, where he works all day till 11 o'clock, before the limousine takes him back to prison just for bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Delaney. <laughs> Who on is earth is going to take the side of a fucking hack like you? Anyway, <laughs> he did indulge me, and we walked together from the pl- train platform to the ticketing gates. I think at the time he right. may have been working on uh, Classic FM or somewhere like that. And yeah. and as we we were talking, walking and talking, walking and talking, he was nervous. He was walking quickly, and he kept giving me reassurances. <laughs> 
I will definitely speak to you. I'm not trying to avoid you. It's just I'm extremely busy, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm it would be really a, good. I'm off to my job at Classic FM, Sam. Easy meat. <laughs> Some of those fucking symphonies are 30 minutes long. <laughs> Think of the length of shit I can do during <laughs> during Beethoven. Have you have you heard of Sudoku, Sam? <laughs> I just sit there and do Sudokus while fucking Brahms's Fifth Symphony plays. As far as I'm concerned... As far as my lifestyle's confirmed, this fucking numbers game that the, the Japanese have come up with has been an absolute game changer in my lifestyle. <laughs> my brain my brain has never been more agile. <laughs> anyway, we were walking and talking and uh, we got to the we went up the escalators and we got to the ticket barriers. And I was so distracted. Remember, I was very young. What you might call a cub reporter. Oh, so yeah. Mr. Bates, my deadline for this issue <laughs> is actually tomorrow. So it'd be really great if we could have a chat later today, please. Thank you very much, sir. Right. And he's gone, yeah, no problem, young Sam. And then because I'm walking and talking, I'm distracted. I've gone to put my ticket through the machine. And I've obviously picked out the wrong ticket or something from my um, pocket. Oh, yeah. And the machine's gone, beep, 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 beep. Whereas Bates, yeah. smooth as chocolate, gone straight yeah. through. He had the ticket. TTFN, with, dickhead. He's, yeah, he's the sort of cunt who has his ticket ready like three stops yeah. early in his hand. You know, those sorts of people. So organised. Yeah. Sam, gone, you know what's happened here, don't you? What? The bear hug. Yeah. He's done a ticket swap. Oh, of course. All these years later. This is basic spy stuff. Because <laughs> it is. He's thinking five <laughs> steps ahead. He probably yeah. clocked me on the tube train long yeah. before I clocked him. Yeah, he's fucking done you. Fucking hell. He's possibly sought you out specifically to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is, three, he is three or four stops ahead of me at all time. There is no way we can put this episode out if this is what we're dealing with. I know. Because the repercussions are going to be horrific for us. He's listening to us now while we're recording it somehow. Of course he is. Anyway, he He's went... He's like Bielsa. He's in the ceiling. He went, bye-bye. He went, oh, no, I remember he turned around and grinned and laughed. He went, you've been done, mate. You've been nabbed. <laughs> right? And and laughed. Ha, ha, ha. And then just strode <laughs> off on his merry way. And um, ultimately, he didn't do the interview. And I had to cut the Mike Smith story. I've told it here today, which may put us as an organisation in legal yep. jeopardy from yep. both Bates and the estate of Mike the Smith, estate of Mike from Smith. the Merry Widow herself. And it's it's going <laughs> to get uh, us first, out. Bates or the Merry Widow, and it's going to hamper our chances of getting to see our rig as well. So, mm. yeah, never mind. Anyway, that's just the story. imagine it. Can't. Yeah, good story. I like that. That's pretty much taken up the whole episode. Good. Because we were short of stuff to talk about. Um, before we go any further, magnificent email that came in. I'll just get it in front of me. Last night from Archie Luckhurst. Thought you were going to say Archie Buchanan had... for a minute. Ew, Jesus, yeah. Another ghost. <laughs> um, Archie Luckhurst says, Just had a very surreal experience. I was at Nando's in Slough meeting my sister's girlfriend for the first time, both of whom play football for their university. My sister was bragging that she won the golden boot last year, beating her girlfriend to the prize, and her girlfriend accused her of only scoring the easy games. Immediately, impulsively, and without thought, I said, "Mm, bit like Spencer Whitehouse. (laughs) 
<laughs> Excellent work. Excellent. Spencer White knows, of course, from Earth Tournament. He says, it says, I was met with stony silence. <laughs> Obviously. Um, congratulations. Congratulations, Len. You have infiltrated my brain to the point where I was unable to distinguish between the Leniverse and our own world. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that can happen to all of us. Earlier in the summer, that was happening to me a lot, but I feel we've had a sufficient break now. But I'm glad it's still that deep-rooted. And imagine if they said, who is Spencer Whitehouse? You go, yeah. it's... Um, well, how would I explain is- this? <laughs> I listened to a podcast, and one of the guys has a son who has invented... A- yeah. It's just not worth yeah, it. She'd leave never you. Never mind. I've got a quick bit of um, nice, ba- nice bit of content from our friend Big Mark, associate of the show. Yes. He uh, he's gone stray. I think I told you this. He's unfortunately yeah. become a stray man in recent yeah. times, and um, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying on air he's sort of p- partially lost his mind, as a lot of stray men do. <laughs> He won't mind. Yeah. He, he's very honest about it. Anyway, he's had to... His classic stray man, he's had to move back in with his mum, right? Right. He's in his 30s, right? And a couple of funny things. I said, what's it like living with your mum? He's like, oh, it's a nightmare. I've asked him for a couple of examples. One was he's he had relatives visiting from abroad because um, there's a big family do going on. And he's Sri Lankan, right? And he's got relatives in India as well. So they're flying from all over the place. And he's been instructed to pick up a collection of them from who are flying in, I think, from India at the Heathrow Airport. And um, he said he couldn't do it on his own because he wouldn't recognise them because he hadn't seen them for a long time. And apparently, in an Asian family, if you are at the airport holding up a card with someone's name on, that is like... Mm the most deeply shameful thing you can do. Okay. It's really yep. shameful. Uh, don't know why, but it is. So she said, his mum's gone, you can't turn up with one of those, you know, boards with a name on. Um, he goes, well, she goes, I'll come with you. I'll drive in my car. Right. Or something. So she's mm. driven. He's in the car too. I suppose he's there to help with the luggage. Right. He's probably thinking, fucking hell. Have I been roped into this? When they got to the airport, right. She, tried to park in one of the priority mother and child base <laughs> he's like mum I'm 32 brilliant and I just thought that is great Ronnie Corbett in sorry material yeah. that isn't it and it she is. was like of course we can park here we're a mother and son aren't we why shouldn't we I've got the, I've got the documentation so with me the other funny thing is he's got this aunt this deeply religious Indian aunt who's Catholic, because you actually get a lot of Indian Catholics, you know. Okay. And uh, and she's staying with them for this do. And she's discovered that Mark is an um, atheist, which, again, Ooh. in a big Asian family is very, let's say, unusual. I mean, they're very liberal, mm. so they're not kind of like... He's not in trouble for it. His parents are pretty chilled, but it's very unusual. And I think the aunt who's come over, she's much more conservative than his parents. So she found out, and it was like, Jesus Christ. But she's trying to play it cool. So he said what she's been doing every day, because he's having to now live with his aunt as well, because she's over. He said what she started to do is 
she thinks she's being clever and subliminal by trying to convert him into believing in God <laughs> by telling him a relentless series of ghost stories, right? <laughs> He said, every time I go home, she's telling me a ghost story. So she'll tell me a story about a really evil spectre, right, that lived in their house when they were younger, and they and it caused all sorts of chaos. And then she always ends the story by looking at him and said, yeah, we didn't get rid of that spirit until the Catholic priest came to exercise it. Oh, it's the only God. way it, you, can get, you can be safe. So she's basically trying to frighten him into believing in God to get by to become religious yeah. by frightening him about ghosts. And so far it hasn't worked, but you know, you know Mark, I know Mark. I think sooner or later it might impact. I mean it would on me. You and know my belief, I mean I'd be he, I'm sort of an agnostic more than an atheist, but I would right. be I'd easily the easy way to convert me into any religion would be through yeah. ghost stories. You're quite susceptible, aren't you? Very basically. yeah. Yeah. We'll get her on. Tell us, tell some of these ghost stories. If she's in town for a brief period and she's come armed with an array of ghost stories, get her on. That's free content Content. for us. We can sit back and do a Sudoku while she's telling them. Because we can, yeah. So before we go, we've got to quickly do this weekend's predictions. Can I tell... Okay, Um, I've got a new... Last season, I made big waves in the global predicting community with my innovative total predicting style. Yeah. But as you've noticed yourself about the real football world, time moves forward, tactics move forward. Things right? change, yeah. Things change. I can't rest on my laurels because my opponents might catch up and and learn how to deal with my total predicting from last season. So yeah. let's just say I've been out on the training field all summer. You didn't know about this, but I've been out on the training no field idea. rethinking what? and retraining my predicting style. And you're about to find out what it is. Let's go. Fuck. All right, here we go. Give me I'm the on first one. Already. Saturday at 12.30, Arsenal versus Burnley. 2-1. Shit. Um, I'm going to go... Oh, I've got to think now. Shit. Um, Arsenal versus Burnley. Uh, 2-0 Arsenal. There you go. <sighs> Jesus. Um, I'll get to guess this one first, right? Next yep. one. Southampton versus Liverpool, Saturday 3pm. Southampton, Liverpool. Uh, 3-0 Liverpool. You, go. Never. Nil four. See <laughs> you first this time. Manchester City versus Tottenham. Three two. I'm gonna go one one. No, I'm gonna go two one Man City. Fuck. Uh, Sunday at two p.m. Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. I will go for um, uh, one nil Sheffield United. You now go. Two one. <laughs> Finally, four thirty Sunday. Chelsea versus Leicester. Three two. What? <laughs> one one. Ah, oh, that's it. That's the prediction is done. Do you know? Uh, want to know what that's called? That, my friend, what you have just fallen victim to is the high press. Fucking hell, it was as well. And it rattled me. It totally rattled me. It rattled you. It wrong-footed you. It gave you no time to think. It disorientated you. Jesus Christ. And that's what I've been working on. And that's just the first taste of it. Imagine when I hit my stride in a few weeks' time. That is called high-press predicting. And it's the future, my friend. I thought you'd been possessed by some kind of demon, like one of the ghost stories. No. 
It sounded like it, you, you, took, you took on an alternative character, like with a, a different voice. It sounded like you were you were being possessed in that. that well, that was, was a bit of you. my total predicting coming back to me because, as you remember, last week, last season, when I really hit my peak form mm. and started accelerating at the top of the table, what I uh, did was I became the score. Yeah, do you did. remember that? Yeah, yeah. I was as much score as I was human. Yeah. And I went into a transcendental state yeah. where I was at one with the prediction. And there was elements of that still in the high press predicting. And yeah. that's why I might have speed. sounded, let's say I might have sounded slightly otherworldly. And that would be yeah, I was why. It. I, I, I thought all of the spirits of the prediction world, prediction realm yeah. even, had entered yeah. you and was yeah. using you as a cipher. But um, I don't know. <laughs> like Derek Akora's spirit guide, the Ethiopian fella. I have you know a. I, mean? I do have a spirit guide, a prediction yeah. spirit guide. Right. It it is uh, Brian Moore, <laughs> the ghost of Brian Moore. <laughs> the ghost of Brian Moore visits me from the predicting realm. Who's up there with the and ghost he guides of Mike me. Smith? <laughs> yeah, Mike Smith likes the, the predictions because you know they do. They still do the Littlewoods football pools a lot in the, that in the um, yeah. afterlife. Yeah, and they they do it together. They're sitting in their ghost rig, cups of cups of tea on the go, mm. Kit Kats, trying to pick the score draws. In the in like the afterlife, in if, if you've gone to the good place as opposed to the bad place, mm. you've got a rig up that lets you um, that that uh, lets you have never ending cups of tea and eight fingered Kit Kats. Fucking hell! Bring on death. shit that goes down. That's what, Brian Moore's, that's what Brian Moore's ghost told me anyway. And they're picking out and they're trying, to pick out, they're trying to pick out eight score draws for their coupon and not just use the same numbers every week that have got you know connotations of families' birthdays and stuff like no, that. No, no, they they that's not their style, they really no, think it through. Predictors. Good. Yeah. Good to know. Before we go, we've got to quickly do uh, news without news. Okay. Ready? You can speed, you can high press this as well if you want, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Weirdo in TV-shaped mask leaves vintage TV sets on doorsteps of 60 different homes in Virginia. Nine. Woman married to pirate spirit filing for divorce. Ten. Farmers jailed in Australia for smuggling Danish pig semen in shampoo bottles. Eight. World's biggest frog strong enough to move heavy rocks. Ten. That's been Top Flight Time Machine. Thanks for listening. TTFN, dickheads. Bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,